alligator. That's right. I have wrestled with an alligator. I done tussled with a whale. I done handcuffed lightning, throw thunder in jail. All right, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. Social Connected 360, episode 11. We are here. We're excited. I got a wonderful, wonderful guest today. Um, she's all the way on the other side of the States, um, and she's a wonderful, wonderful woman, strong woman, military, I mean, CEO, I believe. We'll get all into that. But before we do that, please, please, please subscribe. Uh, show us some love. We'll show you some love. And, uh, you know, obviously it goes back and forth. Um, today, our sponsor is going to be uh, GK United LLC. They are a credit uh, repair company. So um, we are excited that they are with us uh, sponsoring this episode and another episode. Um, I know it's something that we all struggle with our credit. We're kind of afraid of it sometimes, but GK, GK United check them out. Um, wonderful, wonderful credit repair company. They'll help you out, get some of those things off your credit so you can get those houses, you can get those loans. Okay. We're also giving away uh, some books, credit files. You can find them on Amazon, but we'll be giving these away to some guests uh, that follow our show. Um, some of our guests are always on our show. So you'll be directly put in the hat and we'll be giving these away. And this is a wonderful book. I only read a little bit, so I'm not going to lie to read the whole thing yet. Um, but there's some good information in here. So we're excited about that. Um, but let's get to it, man. Episode 11. Um, someone that I seen on LinkedIn, uh, we connected on LinkedIn, uh, and right away your nickname, sister soldier. I was like, I got to interview her because I, I didn't even, I, I, of course, you know, you get on LinkedIn and you could see everybody that sees your stuff. Um, but when I saw that, that, that your nickname was Sister Soldier, I was like, she's either a soldier in the community or a soldier in the military or a previous soldier or both. Uh, so by all means, Wanda, how you doing? How's everything going? I'm doing well. It's, it's awesome. And thank you for having me today. So, so. And we're happy to have you. So tell me about this sister soldier. Tell me a little so, bit about sister soldier is who I am. It's what I do. And it's just me wrapped up in, you know, it's just who I am. Um, I, of course, I'm a veteran, army veteran. I served 21 years in oh, wow. active duty army as a human resource manager. And so um, now I'm literally doing the same thing after I've transitioned and that's helping veterans to uh, transition into the entertainment and media industry, particularly oh. women veterans mm -hmm. in their families. So we work in creative arts and I help them to really build their uh, skill set so that they can work remote and, you know, go out there and do their thing. That's fantastic. And, and, and again, that this, these, this is why I love socially connected to and just any podcast, or I know you have a show. We're going to talk a little bit about that later on, but um, this is why I love these type of things because we get to learn, you know, we get to see other people and be like, man, what, what knowledge can I get from you? And what knowledge can I give to you? And, and I don't think, and especially now with COVID-19, it's very difficult to do all those type of things. Right. So with podcasts, with shows like your show, um, it's just wonderful that we're able to connect this way, but let's take a step back and let's, let's talk a little bit about your life, you know, if, if you don't mind. So, so tell us a little bit about sister soldier, the younger sister soldier, like before you joined the military, like any, any struggles there, any, anything that you wanted to share with us on that, um, family. 
Well, you know, um, ooh, younger sister soldier. So I've always been the type of person to go after what I want. Um, I make a plan and I set out to do it. I set my aims and I literally just plan it out and make things happen. So it's all, I've always been that type of person. Um, at, the, at, at a younger age, I used to be joned on it, you know, family call me spoiled, but my question was, how can I spoil, how can I be spoiled if I'm doing what, you know, what it takes for me to get where I'm going? Nobody's handing it to me. Mm-hmm. I grew up in uh, Southern California, not too far away from Pasadena. So I'm a Cali kind of girl. Oh, I love Cali. <laughs> I was in Cali last year for the first time. Oh, Beautiful. really? Beautiful. For the first time in my life. I'm 41. <laughs> Cali. Yeah, it's, it's, it's to live for. So I'm a Cali girl. And, um, you know, I grew up around uh, not far from Hollywood, Beverly Hills. So my eyesight was always on that. My high school was filled with kids who their parents were uh, actors and musicians and things like that. So I grew up around that atmosphere. And yet, and yet, Louis, I felt like it was such a distant for me to obtain it. Mm. Because what I realized is that they inherited the Porsches and the Mercedes that they were driving to school. And I wanted that. I wanted to know how did they get access to that? Mm. How did they, I want to have that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm around it. It's one thing to be around that and not be able to just really have your, have it in your hands and possess it. Yeah. And so it always was something that I, um, I just aspired. I, I wanted to, um, because I'm a creative and I, back in high school, I realized my school was a the type of school where we had um, like automotives and things mm-hmm. like that, you know, mm-hmm. photography, sewing, home economics, and all of these other things, these different trades that we could kind of play around with to see where our interests were. So I took all of those classes because I wanted to know what it was that I enjoyed. Photography was my favorite. Mm. And I never knew that that's what was going to guide me for my future. And because of the type of school that I was in and my friends having, you know, parents who were in the industry, I just always kind of had a a desire to learn more about that. And because I couldn't um, access it through inheritance, I decided, well, that that's a far-fetched uh reach for me so the nearest thing that i could do is join the army <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask you, you know that. <laughs> that was a guarantee yeah. that was a guarantee Absolutely. but the funny part about it is while i was in high school i also became a cosmetologist mm. so i went to 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 college and high school at the same time So that I could get my cosmetology license and I received that and um, wanted to join the army. And they told me, you have to, we we hire people for hairdressers, so we don't need you to do that. So I had to choose a different field. And that's how I ended up coming in at human human resource management. Mm. (laughs) 
Amazing. Like you could tell, you could feel with, with you just telling us, you know, um, your story, you could feel that hunger, right? That hunger to want to do something. So, so being in that environment, it could either be counterproductive or it could be productive. So, so growing up or growing up in that environment where that's what you see, that's, and that's why I say like here in, in Allentown, Pennsylvania, we have a, what, what they call the waterfront. It's, it's really like a riverfront, but they're redeveloping. And what I've said to folks that are saying, you know, and, and again, you know, gentrification is happening all over. Right. Um, and, and I'm for, you know, including inclusion in that gentrification. Yeah. Um, but I say, I tell folks, I say, well, if, if young folks can see that and see all those condos and all the stuff that they're going to put there, they could aspire to either own it, live there, run it, be a CEO to aspire, to get to the point where you could afford to live there, you know? So your story is like, it resonates with me because I think a lot of us that grew up in that environment where we didn't have everything that was, you know, at a hand's reach, well, I can go here, I can get this, I can, you know, whatever, or I'm 16, I'm 15, I already have a car, just got to get my license, right? Um, So that, that is, that definitely resonates with me. And I'm sure with all of our listeners, most of our listeners, who have struggled with that, you know? Um, yeah. But I can tell that with that energy, I was going to ask you, so how did you transition over to, you transition over to the military and you get into human resources. And so how does, how does that, um, is, is that, is that, a, does that become a passion for you? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to, I want to allude to something because you, you brought something up in my mind as I was thinking about my youth and after taking that photography class, I find myself, even today, I love, love, love cameras. We built a, a camera from a box. So, and then we went into to develop it with the film. We went into a dark room and developed it. So it definitely wasn't the digital age. <laughs> yeah, the dark room. Yeah, age. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So we built a camera out of a, a cardboard box and I was so intrigued that I had the ability to create something out of a cardboard box that would literally take photos. I thought that was something that only Kodak could create, you know? And when I realized that that was that, that I was able to create a a camera with a cardboard box and take photos with it, it just became a passion. So even today I carry a camera no matter where I am. Everywhere I go, I carry a camera. And I realized as time went on, that was a pattern for me. And so I wanted to start following that passion. Mm. And while I was active duty, I would not only capture pictures of everything and everybody, I just kind of had this PR person inside of me, you know? So I'm doing HR, but I'm also capturing pictures and and just capturing the moment everywhere I go, setting up events and organizing and things like that. And that became the fun part of the job. The, the, um, the other aspect was just the surprise that the service members and the command, everybody had from attending the event or um, you know, helping to guide them. I'm a career counselor by choice and by trade in the service as a human resource manager. And um, serving the soldiers became my passion, you know? And it was, it was finding that way to give them some type of uh, inspiration 
in the midst of everything that we were doing. So if it meant taking a photo of them while we were out doing PT or, um, you know, at an event, a birthday event or something of that nature and building a relationship with them, that's where my passion became mm. uh, on fire, you know? Yeah. And, and again, you know, um, we, I can relate with you completely because now in my government job that I, that I work at now, that's exactly how I, I find that happiness. So, I mean, you see me on LinkedIn, I share a lot of stuff, a lot of the stuff that I share, I create, and you're right. It's like, it's an outlet. And not only that, it documents and it's a, it's history. So you can look back and say, man, I remember this moment, or I remember that moment. And I, and I think, um, I mean, obviously we all have cameras now we have cell phones, right? So, so everyone could be doing that, you know? Um, so I can relate with that. I mean, completely 100%. Um, it's, it's just a wonderful thing. Um, my brother actually, um, Alex Garcia, he does professional photography. I mean, just phenomenal, phenomenal, does weddings and just the way that he can pull that light and, and shoot on full, um, on what is it? Full manual or manual and just pull that light and understand every aspect mm-hmm. of that camera. I have so much respect for all of you. Um, I, I shoot on, yeah. on, I shoot a lot of video, so I'm not a photographer, but I still have to try to pull that light as well. And, and then when you start talking about like the frames per second, I mean, that's even when you start slowing the camera down, now that's even playing even more with the light. There's so much going on there. So, but yeah, I mean, photography is something and documenting it is extremely important. And so how did this, how, and just to, just to stay on that topic. So how did the soldiers relate to you? Like, did they, were they like, you know, were they accepted to that in the beginning or is this something that they just expected? Oh yeah. It just, it became a part of who I am. You know, um, they knew when I came, I had a camera. So if someone forgot the camera or someone, if they didn't, weren't able to get a photographer or something, don't worry about it. She has it, you know? And so at the time it was Johnson, Johnson has it, you know? (laughs) So, um, it was, you know, they would, they would just call on me to, to, to do the PR work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and the thing is too, and you, you know, this, you've done 20 some years in the military. I'm, I'm right there behind you. I've, I did seven and then now 13 in the reserve. So I'm almost retired. Right. Um, but it goes so fast. And I wish I have pictures from when I went overseas on my first deployment in the Navy and we hit, it was right after nine 11. So we didn't hit a lot of, um, a lot of ports just because of the safety and, and they were just trying to avoid a lot of ports, uh, because of 9-11 and so but we still hit like six seven different countries the deployment before mine we hit they hit they they told me stories that they were hitting 13 14 in six months ports you know so but my point in all that is i wish i took more pictures you know we like you said you built the camera with the box i remember going to cvs this was early 2000s and getting the box and getting you know like you know and just taking them and then another box, another box, and then we'll take them to CVS or Rite Aid and, and have them develop. But, but it's so important. And I know that I would have appreciated if I had a, a, a Johnson that would have documented some of my stuff, um, yeah. you know, because we, we, we do take that time and those moments at times for granted. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and photography and videography can, can really um, help with that and, and the memory. So, but let's fast forward. Uh, so let's, you know, 
let's look at the current day. Um, how are you doing? How's your family doing? Um, current current day. I mean, is everything okay with the family? Yeah, so everything is fine. Everything is fine. Um, I have two grandsons now, and you know, <laughs> oh. one of them uh, took his first swimming lessons today, so that was nice to watch him. My husband oh. texted me and was talking about how he didn't know whose heart was beating the fastest, his or my grandson's. <laughs> wow. Wow. So things, things are well, yeah, it's going well. You know, it's adjustment to uh, getting used to this, this COVID mm-hmm. and um, we're working our way around it, you know, and I'm sure that there are many people who are still trying to find their way, feeling their way through this process and seeing how they can connect with their family. One of the things with me is, again, I shared, I, I care for my mom. Yeah. So um, the thing is, is like, how do we make this work? How do we maneuver? And yet it still works, you know? And I think it's the determination that you have in a relationship and what you want to, uh, we just have to be determined. We have to know our level of commitment when they talk about relationships and family um, and how to deal with things like this when they happen. And um, oh, yeah. yeah, so how we're going to connect with family, that's important. Yeah, and and the human is us as humans we 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 adapt to so many different things whether it's health problem or health issues or family problems or working out you know like or whatever it is sickness and i think covid-19 has really taught us to to really adapt to a lot of different ways of of doing things so but i'm glad that your family's doing good let's take a step back cuz i got an interesting question for you mm-hmm. and Let's just be real. I like I like to be as real as possible on, on my podcast. So you, being an African-American woman in the military, how did, how did, how did, or, you know, serving in the military, serving for the military, how, how, how did that, how did that feel? How, how was that struggle? Because I can give you a little insight when, when you give me your answer and I'm going to be as real as I can. <laughs> I'm still in, but, you know, I have to be careful. Um, but yeah, so how, how does, how does that feel? Um, there's two sides of that. Uh, so during the era that n- not like, not like it was that long ago, but the era of the time that I was in, um, it, it was a twofold, uh, twofold experience. I was just sharing with my, I think it was my sister, like a couple of days ago on, um, how, how, when I worked, so certain positions that we work in, right. There, as a human resource manager, at one point I worked in the MEPS and I was the operations NCO for the MEPS. So I ran the floor of the MEPS, making sure that everyone got processed, that thumbprint got, you know, were interviewed for their entrance. And uh, my commander at the time was a female. Well, I had to wear my dress green uniforms. Now, I had just, before my arrival to the MEPS, I had um, became I had had a divorce. Okay. So to keep my mind occupied and strong and focused, instead of me going, my thing is when I start to go 
in, in the direction that's gonna lead me south to keep upward. I have to occupy my mind. I have to use that energy into something positive. Listen so my people. way of- Listen yeah, yeah. yeah, so my way of doing that at the time was to not, because we were secluded from a normal base. First, I've, I'm taken away from my environment of my peers running every day. That's a different, that you know, it's like an inch by inch thing that stress begins to take its fold because a new norm has to be formed. So now I'm not only um, just newly divorced, I'm in a city and not in a, in a, in a, uh, at, on a base where I have the normal daily connections with the unit where we're mm -hmm. unified, running PT and working together consistently. Mm -hmm. We all come in on our own. We have our own time schedule. It's like a real civilian atmosphere. So mm -hmm. on top of that stress, even though it sounds fun and it became fun after a while, initially it wasn't. So on top of that, I had a commander who didn't like the way my uniform fit. She was a black female. That's what I didn't get. She was a black female. Oh, wow. Wow. And I wore my uniform. I worked out every day. That's that was what I was gonna say. I worked, I worked out every day to keep myself occupied. So a sister was a little bit buff. I can boast on that one. I was a little yeah. bit tight. And so <laughs> my uniform fit well. And I had it one inch above the knee because we're required uh, one inch above the knee or one inch below the knee. So, or two inches below the knee. So I um, had it one inch above the knee. It fits so well to where she thought that, cause I had that it, at the time looked like a little pencil, right? <laughs> um, hello. So she thought <laughs> that my skirt <laughs> was short. She thought my skirt was short. She called me into her office um, and she thought it was going to be an embarrassing moment that she was going to give me this article 15 because I was out of uniform, quote unquote. And she literally measured my uniform skirt. Wow. And so I, I knew I was I was one of them. You know, I'm, a, I'm a, I know the regulation. So I'm going to if if. I'm going to wear it the way I want to, and it's going to be within regulation, and you won't be able to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And so when she did that, I knew what I was dealing with. So that was one experience. Mm -hmm. The second experience that I really did that really stands out to me is that uh, my last duty station as mm -hmm. I, and um, the ideas that I that first of all, it wouldn't let me uh, I, I knew. I'm a fast tracker, right? I, I became a E7, a 71 Lima E7 at the at my 12th year, my 10th wow. year I was picked up. Wow. And the two, by the 11 and a half year, I was I was um promoted. Wow. Right. I was actually pinned, went to school and everything. So by 12 years, I was promoted to E7. Wow. So congratulations. Um, that, that's for people that don't know, when she means fast tracking. I mean, she got to that rank fast, faster than a lot of people, a lot of people. I mean, that's a, to, most people finish E6 when you're talking about enlisted. And then E7 is, is, is when you start getting to the pinnacle of, of enlisted and then E8 and E9 for those that don't understand. But fast tracking at, at 12 years, yeah, you're rocking it. <laughs> you're rocking it. I can see some struggle there. 
<laughs> well, I had, I, I always made a plan. I always, always, always made a plan. I set my sights on what it is that I want and what is it going to take for me to get there? And what do I need to do? Where do I need to set my path? Even me, my whole career, I was in control of my career. Listen I was up, in people. control, uh, besides God, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, well, so I put my request out there and I made the plan and he saw to it that it was fulfilled. Yeah. Hard work, hard work. So, so you get to this, so these, so these gentlemen didn't like the fast tracking though. Yeah, they didn't like the fast track. So um, the ideas that I would come up with, they, I developed a training program because I saw that our unit didn't have a training program. And I'm big on training because I think that people need to know in order to have clarity to have success. So I created a, a training program. And so then I also designed the logo, gave them the tagline. This was all before I was actually taking business courses in, in, at the time. And um, so I designed all of this and do you know, I ended up having to have a surgery and uh, out for 30 days when I was gone, he slapped everything together, put his name on it. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. Put his name on it, took the TDY on my behalf and went to do the training that I was supposed to go and train the group for and yet never mentioned my name. Mm never mentioned anything. And when I was able, when I was um, about to depart the unit, didn't even list it on my wow. evaluation. Wow. And so to me, um, they were just doing everything, you know, a little bit of, about that. I was uh, injured. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, and while I was away on that 30 day leave, yeah. my doctor decided to just assign me to Walter Reed. Oh, so okay. then he was required to put a, um, you know, give me a, a early performance mm -hmm. and they thought that they would be able to hold me back from being assigned to Walter Reed. Mm. But I just want the viewers, the listeners to know that no one has the highest authority over your health, your well-being than a doctor. Mm. So no matter when that doctor writes with the stroke of the pen, what they are prescribing, whether it be to transfer you to another unit, no one, no one has the authority to change that. There it is. <laughs> so they were so upset because oh, they were actually trying to to um, discharge me because I wasn't well enough to perform my duties mm. as far as PT goes because of my injury. And that's the struggle, man. Like you go and you serve your country, do all these things. And I'm sure you had some wonderful commands and some wonderful leadership. Oh, yes. So, so that, that that's like every organization, but there's so many inner struggles, right? So who, who, who's, Who's got the biggest, like, who's, who's, who's the bigger one? Like, you know, they're this one struggling this, and then you have the enlisted, then you have officers going at like high ranking officers, high ranking enlisted. I mean, I, I could imagine, you know, I did 20 years and, and we'll talk about that when I'm done, but um, yeah, I mean, I, it just saddens me. So does that, so that, does that transition you over to wanting to help people uh, as far as what, what, what you're doing today um, with, with the strategy work that you're doing? 
That's a part of it. That's a part of it. Um, where I really came into passion of what I'm doing today is, is when I first came in and I was assigned to the PSC. So um, I've always worked at the personal service company level and working in the in the um, the uh, records and the promotions, the all of that area and the orders and assignments and things like that. And so when I got out, I realized that I what after after creating my nonprofit, I realized that veterans needed assistance transitioning. And in my eyes, said. That was no different than what I did, helping them while they were active duty to get their assignments and to get their training, get their training, their orders for their training, take care of their families before they left to make sure that they were situated and then make it to their new assignment. So I took the skill set that I have and knowing what the, the transition needed and applied that. And then next thing I knew, it just kind of led to not having a large enough platform to share with them as having a nonprofit. Mm. And my thought process was to use YouTube, but the man upstairs that I know said that wasn't big enough. Yeah. So the that. next thing that I knew, <laughs> I was having conversations about me having a television show. I had a producer that had came on and decided to guide me through that process. We produced the show and boom, I was on television. So um, it's helping people transition their careers and understand that um, our physical capability, because again, I was injured. This is where that came in at. Our physical capabilities doesn't hinder us from being able to be what we want to be we can create whatever we want as mm. long as we have our mindset you know we can have that mind the mind look like like lou rawls used to say the mind is a terrible thing to waste because absolutely <laughs> because it's the key it's the key it's the key absolutely it so is regardless if we have a missing limb if our mind is working and we can speak it out or write it out. We can create whatever we want. So I took those things together because I physically was no longer able to perform my physical duties in the job that I was trained for. Mm -hmm. I had to recreate myself. And because I had structured my career in the military to set me up to be a salesperson I, I wanted to sell real estate. So in my 10 year mark, I set out what path can I take to be able to be skilled enough to sell houses when I get out of the army. Mm. So I've applied for recruiting. I was already in the MEF, so I saw how that worked and I applied for recruiting because recruiting was going to make or break me. And I realized that if I knew how to sell someone to join the military, then I can sell anything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I was great at my game and it wasn't a game. It was literally helping people change their lives. And I fell mm -hmm. in love with it because I was, you know, taking people who had dreams and helping them reach their goals. I'm still in touch with some of my recruits today, mm. you know, and so um, 
it, it just means a lot to me to watch someone go from being um, in one spot all the way, you know, from just like a baby. <laughs> being so born. Yeah, that is so true. You know, and and then growing up, you know. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's how I, you know, it's funny you mentioned it because that's how I, <laughs> that's how I felt when I joined the Navy. Like I went from mom and dad uh, working. I was, I got out of high school. I graduated high school, um, barely graduated high school, struggling, um, just because you know I was that kid. I was the kid that, that just didn't give one hundred ten percent at that time. Um, but I was working two jobs. I was going to go to the community college. And I go to, uh, actually I took the ASVAB for the army and I just, for some reason I stepped away and never, never followed through. I passed. And then, so like a year later, I, 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 uh, let the Navy know that I was interested. Um, and that's how I felt. I was like, I felt like a, a little kid leaving <laughs> and going away and my mom and like seeing my mom walk away. Like, you know, you get out of boot camp, and my mom drove me to Norfolk. I was stationed in Norfolk, Virginia, my first command. So my parents drove me there six hours and they dropped me off at the pier and I'm looking back and, and they're leaving. And I'm like, I'm looking at this ship like, oh my God, what the heck did I do? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> right? What the heck did I, I do? No, I won't go home. My mom, like my mom's cooking, you know, and, uh, but yeah, you're so right, man. And it's, I, it's so cool that you could, that you still stay connected with, um, with those folks, because I think, I wish I would have stayed connected with my recruit. I think it'd be cool to meet that person right now. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know who it is, but that, that's awesome. So, so tell us about SheVet. How does it come up? How do you come up with, I know that's, that's your show, right? Mm-hmm. SheVet inspires. She vet inspires. Yeah. So, so obviously when we can all assume that she woman vet veteran, but how does that come about? Because I'm really big on that. I know that there's probably a little story behind that. There might be a story behind yeah. that. So, um, I, I mentioned I have a nonprofit, right? So in the beginning of my nonprofit, I started out with these meetings and, uh, I I'm great at coming up with names and, uh, I, I wanted to celebrate women veterans mm. in all that we do, especially the, the, the time frame that we were, we're just starting to really be recognized for our service and, mm. and owning it. And um, at the time we weren't, we weren't coming out and we weren't identifying ourselves as a woman veteran. And I just wanted them to know that they were special. I started working with um, some large corporations that were uh, wanting to celebrate them as well and um, uplift the woman veteran. And I had to come up with a name and I was like, you know what, she's a veteran and she's beautiful. And, and so therefore she vet inspires came out. Yeah, that's dope. I knew there was a story. I knew there was a story behind it because you're creative. Yeah, so yeah, that, uh, yeah. Well, she's I love a veteran. It. She's beautiful. I yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, it's just for me, whenever I see either um, a brand or, or, you know, something that is associated with, with something like this. And I'm like, man, how did that, like, I want to ask you, you know, 
that's why that's why it's good marketing too it's good marketing um so so she vet inspires now i saw i looked at your website um i you know my government job we, we do some of this stuff but this is a good way that i'm doing it uh just looking just perusing, <laughs> just perusing on the internet um who you are um you're very established um you 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 host some virtual training. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I saw that on your on a website. Yeah, so the virtual training is project management. So we have project management. Also, I'm, I'm big on technology. Technology is where we're all headed, right? And so I decided to combine the two of my passions together, and that's media and technology. So um, because my company, SheVet Inc. is a SheVet Media is a media company where we do productions, we do, uh, you know, just the film and um, to help and, and a lot of marketing to mm -hmm. help people get their word out. So um, she Media Tech is the recruiting portion of my company. And so to prepare women veterans for the technology area as well as where the economy is going we provide project management training and it also adds agile so i i'm not sure that most people are aware the difference that uh having an identifier of being certified as a project manager or associate project manager can have on their income. Mm. It can guide it upward to a six-figure income just by having that skill. Now, this is the one thing that vets are equipped with because we manage projects our whole career. Absolutely. Our whole term. That's what we do is we manage projects. The problem is, is when we don't understand the terminology. So that's where the gap is so I figured out because I'm a human resource manager and I work this realm I am well aware on what the gap was so I, I set out to fill that gap but I also set it out to where I can enjoy it mm, so I'm in media and it's much needed for project managers in media so that's where the virtual training goes. And so we're actually about to start a new session. It's ongoing, but it's a project management. Uh, we start at the basics of project management, teaching how to use uh, project management for, uh, as a um, consultant or a remote worker. And wonderful. yeah, yeah. No, that's it wonderful. You know, stability I and income. Well, say that again, I'm sorry. It causes stability and income. It, it's a way to secure your, your future because uh, employers, not only are employers, but small business owners are needing this understanding to work in a remote uh, workforce and work remote environment. Yeah. And again, I think if anything, the military has taught both of us uh, and many of us to serve the military is that you got to move with the times. You can't, you can't stay stagnant. So, so, it translates right over to the civilian life and, and what you're doing, um, obviously trying to help folks remind them and training them and uh, that this is where our country is going or this is where our world is going. And we need to, we need to get there and, and you can help them 
get there with the virtual training or even one day uh, once COVID settles down, we can do some, some, some conferences, some, some seminars um, and, and, and really just rock it, you know, on that angle as well. So, so I have um, two more questions. One. um, So how do you feel um, the state of, of the woman is in our, in our country today? Like, do you feel that, that women are, are um, getting to a point where we're they're leveling off with men or how do you, how do you feel that that is in our country? You think we're heading the right direction? I think we're headed in the right direction. As far as leveling off with men, I'm not sure if that'll ever happen. Mm. I'm not sure if it'll ever happen because there is resistance there. Uh, and and to be quite honest, uh, you know, it's 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 looked at as a whole. It's not looked at. We may level off in some areas, but then there are other areas that we just won't. It just won't balance, yeah. you know. Um, and I'm okay with that. Just give me my lane and let me soar where I am, mm-hmm. and um, give me the opportunity. That's the thing. I think that's what we're asking for is the opportunity. I don't want to be compared to the male counterpart all the time. Look at me for who I am and what I'm capable of doing. Mm -hmm. I think that's where um, uh, most women in the military are are seeking to find our own identity, Mm -hmm. you know, because for so long, we joined the service and we had to put on the same uniform, quote unquote, and we were compared at every level as a whole to the male counterpart. Mm-hmm. And there is just no comparison when it comes down to endurance, to strength. And yet we are expected to meet that. Mm-hmm. And we expect to meet that, you know? And so when we look at it in that perspective, it becomes nothing but a um, a com- competition, mm. yeah. and that is hard to shake off when we exit out of the service because we've been so competitive, just so that we can be seen mm-hmm. and be heard, be recognized, be respected for who we are. And I just want my lane, and I want you to respect me for who I am, for what I can do and allow me the opportunity to do what I'm capable of doing and some. Mm. I asked that question because I think it's important that, I mean, you're very experienced. Um, you've been through a lot. You've um, accomplished a lot. And I think it's important for younger males uh, and females to hear that. And all of us really, I mean, even me, I'm, I'm, I'm not excluding older people, but I think, <laughs> I, I think it's yeah. important that, that we all hear that, uh, especially coming from a strong woman, um, that has accomplished a lot. Um, and I think that, that, you know, you're, you're someone who, who matters and your voice matters and, uh, you know, I need to hear it. We all need to hear it. So one more question, uh, and we'll call it a night here because it's been a great conversation. We'll always, we'll, we'll bring you back or maybe I can go on your show. Um, so yeah. one piece of advice, one piece of advice that you give sister soldier at 19, if you could. So I would say, follow your passion. Don't listen to the naysayers. 
and pay attention to the small things that you love to do and just follow it. Don't allow um, the uh, cultural myths to impart on your future, mm. you know? Um, hold on to it like that camera. Love it and just, just let it become a part of who you are. Embrace it because that's where the passion is. That's where um, your gifts lie. And just follow that and it'll take you far. It'll take you far. I love to ask that question because... You know, we not that we all wish we could give that advice, but there is a sister soldier out there right now that's going to listen to that piece of advice. And yeah. I think it's important that we, you know, we understand that there are so many of us out there that we can relate with and that they, they need to hear that, you know. Um, so thank you for that. You're such an inspiration. Where can people find you? Where can people find you uh, either on the internet or if they wanted to get in contact with you, they wanted virtual training. Um, they need sister soldiers advice, something. Uh, where can we find you? Sistersoldier.com. That's sister, S-A-S-I-S-T-A-H, soldier, S-O-L-D-I-E-R.com. All right. Wonderful, wonderful. I know I connected with you on LinkedIn. You're very professional. You're very established. It's an honor to have you on my show. Uh, we're going to do this again. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. You know, to be able to have men and women on my show, um, I want to have more women because I think it's important um, for me to keep learning and to, to learn from everybody. Uh, so you're the only second uh, female. I, mean, I only have 11 episodes, but I want to continue to level that playing field because I think it's important that, you know, we learn from everybody and, and everybody's voice matters. So thank you again, Wanda, Sister Soja in the house, episode 11. Thank you for watching. Like I always say, subscribe, share, share this episode with someone that needs to hear it. And like I always say, stay connected, be safe.